Well, Lee, we have Abel on the line here. What do you want to ask him? How would you say, suggest that I kind of get started with building out my team? Who are some people that I need on the team with me? And how do I get ready to actually be able to take down a hundred unit apartment building? Start where you're at with what you have. Take account of who you are and then network for everything else outside of that. And Mm -hmm. you're trying to figure out what are you missing, right? Right. What are the biggest components? And then start to put this in a team. You know, when I'm looking for partners, I'm looking for a few different things, right? Professionalism, attentiveness to to detail. And when you make a promise, you're going to deliver. I want the same or better than I deliver. Welcome to the Diary of an Apartment Investor podcast with your host, Brian Briscoe. In this podcast, we bring some of the top professionals in the apartment investing field to discuss various aspects of the apartment investing journey with the sole purpose of educating listeners to make wise investment decisions. The Diary of an Apartment Investor podcast is sponsored by Four Oaks Capital, bringing you high yield returns through apartment complex investing. This is journal entry number 60 in one of our Ask the Expert episodes. And today we have experienced investor April Pacheco with us and aspiring investor Lee Yoder. Join us as we talk about two of the fundamental issues in multifamily syndication, that's building a team and raising money. And now, the show. Welcome to the Diary of an Apartment Investor podcast. I'm your host, Brian Briscoe with Four Oaks Capital. I'm very excited for today's show. It's one of our Ask the Expert episodes. We have two amazing people on the line with us today. We've got a guy with a ton of experience in, in real estate, Abel Pacheco, and a very motivated, energetic, aspiring investor, Lee Yoder. So first, let's introduce you to Abel. He's been a real estate investor since 2008. He's currently invested in 865 doors, 465 as a passive investor, and 400 as an active member of the the GP. 20 years of corporate and entrepreneurial experience. He's a verifiable 10 times track record of sales from 5 million in 2010 to 57 million in 2016. He's also a multifamily syndication coach and a new loan originator. So that said, Abel, welcome to the show. Hey, Brian. Thank you very much for having me. I sincerely appreciate it. I've been following you and uh, some of the things you're, you're doing to give back on LinkedIn and maybe some other platforms, your podcast. And you know, kudos to you giving back to the community. And I appreciate it. Thanks for having yeah. me on as well, man. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Hey, thank thank you. You know, this is this is third or fourth time. Now, this is this is an interesting episode because we we've done podcast shares with I've done podcast shares with both of you. So, you know, Abel, so let, let's start with that. Tell us a little bit about the podcast that you're gonna be launching here probably end of this month. Actually, by the time this this episode airs, it'll already be launched. So tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, started a new uh, new podcast, multifamily focused, commercial real estate focused. Uh, it's called Five Talents Podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm I'm big on motivation. I'm big on education. I'm faith driven as well. Some of that stuff comes up a little bit here and there, but just all around opportunity for other either new investors that are like let's say high W two earners, high net worth uh, individuals that have professional careers but don't want to leave their full time day job. They don't mm-hmm. they don't want to do it, but realize they want to leverage real estate in a big way or you know, for the part-time kind of investor that's trying to figure out how to go full-time as a general partner, mm-hmm. I think it's a great podcast for that. And uh, yeah, thanks for yeah. highlighting. Brian. Yeah. And I, I'm excited for it to come out, but you know, like I said, I've talked to both of you guys a couple of times in the last couple of, of weeks or so. And, and Abel, I've listened to you on, on three or four different podcasts now. So, you know, I'm, I'm really excited to dive into to your story. So speaking of, let's just segue right into your story. Can you give us, you know, your background up until 
the point where you said, I want to actively invest in apartments? Sure. I'm uh, originally from Corpus Christi, Texas. So I grew up in a kind of beach town. I then moved to San Antonio. I went to UTSA, got a general business degree. So half of my life near the beach, half of my life, San Antonio, Texas. So the Alamo, if you're familiar with the Riverwalk. And mm-hmm. now I'm married for a little over 12 years-ish. Uh, hopefully my wife doesn't pick me on that one. And uh, I have a two and a half year old <laughs> and a one year old, a boy and a girl, just super nice. happy to be a dad now. And, you know, I've, I've been, a, as you mentioned, an IT sales professional, an executive, a strategic partnership director, senior, da-da-da-da-da-da in the IT mm-hmm. uh, industry. And so always been on the sales side, always worked with, you know, customers like Bank of America and Chase and Red Bull and, um, you know, some big fortune, 100, yeah. 500 names. And all through that way, I've been investing in real estate. So I've been doing real estate for 12 years. Okay. And as my quotas got bigger, I realized my pay was definitely getting better. But if I ever stopped working, then there would be no more income. That, you know, led to me trying to, to put together a passive portfolio I realized single family wasn't very passive. I got about, mm-hmm. I, I did, it took me 10 years to do eight doors. And then in multifamily, I went in two years, we went to about 800 plus doors. Yeah. So eight to 800 in a relatively shorter period of time. And that's how I started leveraging multifamily. So that's kind of a brief, a brief synopsis there. Yeah. You know, and I, I love what you pointed out. I mean, just, just the ability to scale with multifamily is, is a lot more, you know, and like a lot of people, I started with single family houses as well. You know, I'm, I'm active duty military and yeah, my plan was every time I move, I pick up another house and without doing the math, you know, I think, you know, 15 years ago when I started the process, I thought, man, by the time I hit my 20 year mark and I'm ready to retire, I'll be set for life, you know, and five, five single family homes doesn't do that for you, you know? So uh, I imagine you were in the same position with eight and you were just like, wow. Yeah. I mean, it's nice, but so you're, you're passively invested and you're actively invested. You got about 400 units on each side. What came first, passive investing or active investing? Passive. Mm-hmm. So really realizing the same thing that you did in single family. I started learning as much as I could. I uh, signed up for multiple education courses, probably like five or six total in the last two years, mm-hmm. dropped too much coin, traveled to too many cities, did all the seminars and all stuff. But that was the impetus for me to say, I want to get going. I don't think I'm going to be a general partner right off the bat. Mm-hmm. I need to put my money in it. And I actually didn't think I was going to be a general partner. I just thought I was going to continue down the same path I was headed but give my money to an expert, mm-hmm. somebody that was an operator and an expert in their market. So I, I put my money there passively and I invested once, twice. My wife got in on a, another deal, a third deal. Mm-hmm. And we did that through our four, old 401k, left yep. the job, came available. I did it through a self-directed IRA and that came first. Nice. Okay. Now, now what, uh, what prompted you to transition to being a, you know, from the LP side of the fence, to the GP side of the fence? Yeah, it, w- it was a matter of like, the education that I was taking and mm-hmm. the mentorship and coaching, I realized that the time, effort, and energy that I was putting in single family, if I put the same time, effort, and energy that I could go do general, par- I could be a general partner on a multifamily syndication. Mm-hmm. Uh, the main aha moment was the fact that as I was a passive investor, I realized that one person I was investing with wasn't really one person. Mm-hmm. He was a team, a big team. 
there was a lot of experts in the deal making sure the deal was working well. And I go, man, I don't have to run the whole thing. I just have to provide my value and bring out, bring other experts in and we can go do the deal together. So that was, that was kind of the, the, the switch in my head. That was it. Yeah. You know, and I've said this a lot of time, a lot of times, and this quote did not originate with me. I mean, multifamily is a team sport, you know, it's, it's something where, you know, I don't know where, where the the line in the sand is, but you know, you do a couple single family, no problem. You can do that by yourself. You know, a fourplex you can probably do by yourself, a 10 unit, you can probably do that by yourself, but there, there comes a line somewhere (laughs) where you've got to go with a team in order to be able to get that, get to that next level. So hundred percent. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, you recognize that you saw, okay, I can bring value and you know, you jumped in with both feet and now you're, you say 880 units. Yeah. Like 865 and, uh, 865. you know, pat passive and then mm-hmm. actively we got in a couple deals and then, uh, have a, have a couple more under contract right now. So nice. I'm yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And, and you are currently on a due diligence trip right now. So that's showing yeah, you guys South Texas. South yep. Texas time right now. Yeah, you guys are, are definitely growing. So well, good. So let's let's talk a little bit. Um, you kind of brushed upon the subject, but what is your big burning why? Your motivation for for doing yeah. this? It's it's really always been about creating financial freedom, passive income, so that I can spend time with my little ones uh, as they grow up and spend more time with them. You know, I realize, you know, I I have to put in a lot of time, effort, and energy today still, but it's more flexible. I can control my schedule. Mm -hmm. I'm controlling my schedule as opposed to my schedules controlling me. So, you know, little one got sick the other day and mom is asking me, Hey, can, you know, can you go take baby to the doctor and, you know, face mask and do all that stuff. And I'm like, yeah, I can, I can actually move my schedule around. No problem. Mm -hmm. And without the worry or the fear of, you know, everyone looking bad uh, down on me, whatever it was, just say, Oh, Abel's not here which yeah. was uh, as a senior, senior leader, senior director, I prided myself on like being there before people would come in and after, and you know, work through lunch and yeah. 13 years in the IT industry. So anyways, that was kind of like, you know, that, that, that was the burning why. Fine you know, time with the family. You know, that, that's something that really resonates with me. I think that's, that's part of my big burning why. Active duty military, I absolutely do not control my work schedule. I have had, yeah. you know, short notice deployments just, yeah. You know, walk, Thank you for walk your in. service, by yeah. the way. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, walk into the boss's office and he's like, hey, I need you to go. Okay, sir, when? Monday. Yeah. It's Friday afternoon. Yeah, I know. I know. You can, you can <laughs> handle it, you know. Okay, you know, there goes my weekend, you know. So, you know, I, I've had several instances like that. So, you know, I, I really, really appreciate what you said. You know, it's, it's all about spending time with, with the little ones. Your two and a half and one-year-old are going to appreciate, hopefully they appreciate that later. I'm finding that appreciation doesn't come until, you know, they're mid twenties, you know, but uh, <laughs> yeah. we'll find out. But um, I'm, yeah, I'm, enjoy- I'm enjoying the time now, my coffee breaks and my lunch breaks. And, and especially now, like we're working from the house and I'm, I'm there. So, and my wife is blessed to be, to be able to stay at home um, yeah. as well. So yeah, it's good. All right. So let's, let's do this now. Let's talk about a brief history of, of one of the deals you've done. You know, just kind of give us an overview or you can just give an overview of, of what you're looking for in general. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I'll give you like the first deal that I did. It's a little over 120 doors, a little over, you know, 7 million bucks-ish. It was a value add. It was a property that was 
I would say a, like a C property. I think it was seventies, you know, vintage mm-hmm. and uh, solid bone, solid structure, and in a pretty nice like B ish neighborhood. Good high school, good de- you know median income, good area of town, and uh, you know we acquired that property. There was there was three partners, mm-hmm. uh, partnered with one individual pretty much. You know, on the majority of my San Antonio deals, I grew up with him. I worked with him at the IT job, and and uh, he's had a lot of success. So I kind of followed with him. And I think we had one other general partner that, you know, really found, underwrote, kind of analyzed the deal, brought it to our team and, you know, was, was, was blessed to be, you know, one of the general partners. So it's kind of like my, that was my first deal that I'm describing. Right. And really, you know, riding shotgun, learning through the process, trying to stay boots on the ground, you know, looking through the legal docs, trying to provide my value where I can property management, you know, asset management is are provided by uh, professional property managers. Mm-hmm. Same with asset management. Now this stuff is vertically integrated. My big partner is now much bigger years later. So what was I at? Yeah, we, we, we did a value add on it. Interior mm-hmm. unit up, upgrades, basic floor, two-tone paint, fixtures, surface, uh, resurfaced countertops, and uh, new signage, branding, mm-hmm. landscaping on the outside, just fix the pool, fix some areas. And you know, we're, we're thankfully right now during COVID, you know, hitting our projections, hitting our nice. numbers, our collections are very strong relatively compared to everything else. I think we've had, you know, even after the, the assistance has kind of worn off, I think there's just, you know, one or two individuals that, mm-hmm. you know, just in a rough spot and even then still working through it. So it's good, good property and excited. So that was a, that was my first deal. That's, that's amazing. I mean, $7 million is, is a nice first deal. And it sounds like your renovation touched just about every aspect of that. Yeah. I mean, you said exteriors, you know, pools, interiors, you know, kitchens, everything else. Was there any part of the apartment complex that looks exactly the same as it did before you bought it? Uh, yeah. Mo- most of the, all the, all the brick walls, all the exterior outside of it. All right. Um, you know, that's kind of like, you know, we just, yeah. you know, you, you don't get any return with it. Mm-hmm. The interior units are probably the biggest area yeah. of opportunity, but landscaping in the front, leasing office and, you know, make sure the pool, pool furniture, there was a leak like in the, in the pool or something that, that happened and our property manager, you know, nailed it down, took care of it and helped us with that. And, and then, uh, but yeah, just uh, the signage is, you know, like, yeah. like I said, but, other than you know the, the building itself, I don't think we touched the brick. We didn't we didn't do that trims and doors stuff like nice. that. But yeah, yeah. What was your overall renovation budget on that? I can't even remember at this point. I think mm. we probably use like probably like five k a door. It's kind of I see a lot of the deals that we're working forty five hundred five k a door. So five grand times a hundred something five or six hundred grand something nice. in there. Yeah, yeah. Nice, nice. So what, what's next for you? Uh, so we have a couple of deals under contract working them right now. And just, like I said, due diligence and, and, uh, trying to look for the next opportunity. My 80, 20 rule. I tell, you know, people that ask me, well, what do you actually do? <laughs> right. And, uh, I said that what I do on a daily basis, I'm, I'm doing two things, the 80, 20, which is 80% of your results come from these 20% of activities. And I'm really looking for new investors, new partners, that want to go do a deal together, want to partner up. And the other side of it is find a new deal that works so that I can have our investors come into that deal. So that's, that's kind of like the 80, 20. And that's why I try to spend most of my time. And so in doing so launched a new podcast. Yeah. We talked about wrote a passive investing book mm-hmm. uh, that's on my website. And that's kind of uh, what I'm doing right now. 
Yeah, and I think that's key. You know, focus on the things that bring the most returns. You know, and you know, finding finding deals and finding money and finding you know building your team are probably the three. I've said it many times before. Those are the three things that people need to focus on. You know, and you you hit those nice sequentially. You know, it sounds like you were following. I'm not going to call it my model because I'm not the one that developed it, but that's that's really the the, the good road plan right there. You know, you, you build your team, you look for deals, you look for money, and everything else is is secondary to those. Yeah. So. Yep. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, let's bring in our next guest. We got Lee Yoder on the line with us. He's a he was a practicing physical therapist, converted into a real estate investor, where he, he formed his company, Threefold Real Estate Investing, and he's now now has a portfolio that includes some small multifamily assets. He also hosts an exciting podcast called Threefold Real Estate Investing, same name as his company, which focuses on multifamily real estate investing, while also focusing on pursuing better relationships with family and a better walk with Christ. So that said, Lee Yoder, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me, Brian. I'm really excited to be here with you and Abel. Yeah, yeah, this is this is fun. This is fun. I mean, um, I don't remember if it was after we started recording or not, but you know, I think this is the first time where you know I, I've been on both the opposite end of the the calls podcasts, you know, prior right. to, to bringing you guys on mine. So you're a great guest. Thank you. Thanks. I appreciate that. You know, I can't, I can't, I can't wait for your launch, Abel. I mean, you've got a ton yeah. of, you know, I, I've seen your speaker lineup already. I, I can't wait for it. So, and, and Lee, yeah. same, you know, yours has been out for a while now, right? Yeah. A few months, a few months. Yeah. Okay. Just getting going. Yep. So why don't you start by telling us a little bit about the podcast and then after that we can roll right into your background. Yeah, sure. Cause they're kind of intertwined. I mean, my podcast is, um, the idea behind my podcast is to educate people a lot of like what, what Abel was saying, um, just educate people on uh, on maybe a different path, whether they want to pursue that themselves or maybe they want to partner with us or, or you know, you, Brian, you, Abel, um, there's so many good uh, syndicators out there. So, you know, people that are that are in the rat race, that are, that are trading their time for money and um, and maybe maybe they're happy with that. Maybe they'd like uh, just to have a little better retirement, maybe retire a little bit earlier. Uh, maybe be able to step back a little bit, maybe not, maybe be able to just have one income instead of two income. So one parent gets to stay home. You know, my wife's blessed to stay home, just like you said, Abel. So yeah, just, you know, my podcast is just talking about that. So, we're, you know, we, we focus on multifamily real estate because that's what I'm focused on, just like you guys. But then, you know, with my guests, I dig into, well, how has multifamily real estate investing positively affected your family, uh, your faith? I, I'm a Christ follower, you know, just like you guys. But some people aren't and some of my guests aren't, but they talk about maybe other things in their life that, you know, the, the real estate has benefited because that's the idea is, hey, it's going to make you some good money, um, ideally, but, but why, why, why are we doing that? Well, it, it's most likely almost for everybody to get more time with family, pursuing things of, of your faith or other things. Yep. Um, so, yeah, that, that's basically what we hit on with our nice. guests. Nice, nice. So, so that said, you know, just for everyone else, you know, give this podcast a check. Threefold Real Estate Investing. It's on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. Sure. And just so you know, while you're explaining it, I just gave you a five star rating and review. And you know, <laughs> Abel, I'll do that for you as soon as yours launches too. But uh, nice, I'm excited. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, I'm sure yeah. Brian and just I, got on there and said, "Yeah, he had this great guest on named Brian." Check. Yeah, that out. I know, right? Yeah, you know, I my my Apple Podcast handle is actually my name, so you know that's kind of a dead giveaway. But uh, there you go. So let, let's roll into your background right now. Tell us a little yeah. bit about uh, you know where you come from, kind of a little deeper than than what you just explained. Yeah. So my background is I, um, I actually still am a practicing physical therapist. Um, I'm still working to get out of that and get it full time into um, 
into real estate. Hence why, you know, I'm the aspiring investor behind Abel. You know, he's already where I want to be. Um, so I'm, I still have a full-time job in physical therapy. Uh, when I started out, I was doing outpatient physical therapy mm-hmm. where you're in a clinic and it's, it's kind of some later hours. So as my wife and I were starting our young family, I looked for maybe a, a different uh, setting of physical therapy where I could have more time at home, a little more flexibility. So I got into home health physical therapy where I got to make my own schedule. Mm-hmm. Now I'm going into people's homes. So it's just between me and, and my patient making the schedule. So had a lot of flexibility, actually wasn't working that many hours, probably less than 40 hours a week, uh, which my wife loved, was great for the family. So my wife was like, let's just do this forever. I was bored out of my mind, <laughs> I, you know, not fulfilled, not challenged. So for me, it was like, this can't last. So the company I was with was actually, I didn't really even know it at the time, but they were actually a staffing company. So they brought me on and I really started helping them build out their home health division on the staffing side for other companies, but also all the therapists that we had in-house. So I got to the point where I was in the office 100% and doing no physical therapy. And, you know, when you come out of college, you don't really know. I mean, a lot of people, I, I didn't really know what I liked, but I learned with this company pretty quickly that I really liked business. I liked building a business, building this division. I like, I love numbers. I've always loved math. I like making the numbers work out. Hey, where should we put our money? Where should we grow? So I got into doing that and, and you know, left the physical therapy space and, and was loving it. So now I'm really fulfilled, really challenged. So I'm really happy on the work front. And now I have no time at home. So my wife and my family are, are suffering because of this. So kind of saw both ends, right? Both sides where, you know, had plenty of time, wife's happy. I'm bored and, and not fulfilled. And then now I'm fulfilled and, and really challenged and, and wife and family are suffering. So <laughs> talking with a, a colleague who was having some of the same feelings, like, hey, he was a guy that works very closely with me. Now he's partnering with me in, in the real estate syndication space or apartment syndication, but he was kind of feeling some of the same things like, Hey, we're having a lot of fun building this division together, but man, I'm never home. And you know, we're starting our family too. So gave me a book, a real estate book. Um, it, it was kind of a random book, but then, you know, led me to, to um, rich dad, poor dad, got into some others uh, and started to think, okay, well, what if I left this and I go back to home health, physical therapy? So I'm going to be bored, but I'm going to have a lot of time, but on the side, I'll start my real estate side hustle. So that's exactly what I did four years ago left. Um, actually, I feel like I kind of took a year off, so I'm still working full time, but I'm doing nothing else. So, you know, if I get the point, so flipped the house, got into real estate and um, just in the past year, then uh, acquired those three multifamily properties that I, I talked about, just small multifamilies. I just have 34 units between two buildings or three yeah. buildings, but now I'm really looking to, to scale up and get into the, the bigger yeah. stuff, the apartment syndication now. Yeah, that, that's a very, a very respectable number. I mean, 34, 34 units is, is pretty solid for, for someone working this part-time. So good on you. Congratulations on that. Thank um, you. Yeah. And you, once again, you've touched on this a little bit as well. But let's let's give, give me in a nutshell your big burning why. You know, what's, what's the big motivation behind doing this? Yeah, I, I really like to work. I really enjoy working, but I, I want to be able to control it a little bit more. So I want to be able to, to work. Um, I, I get up really early in the morning and, and I want to be able to, to, to work in the morning and get that done when the kids aren't awake. So I'm, I'm, I'm able to work, you know, kind of scratch that itch, uh, be able to do that, but not lose time with, with my family. When you work for yourself, you can do stuff like that. Um, I, I want to be able to, to take time off. Like Abel was saying, you know, my wife needs me and, and be able to do that. So I wanted to be able to control my time. I also wanted to do something that I was passionate about. So that was a big part of it for me. I mean, I could have, I could just be doing home health physical therapy and make a nice income and save our money and, and kind of go that route and work until I'm 65 and, and probably have enough saved up for a nice retirement, but, uh, and get to spend time with my family. But then I would just not be living a fulfilled life. I mean, God didn't create me to do a job like that. He did create some people to do that and they'd be very happy with that. But for me, he created me to do something uh, that really challenges me and, and, and to build something. And real estate is where I'm able to do that. 
Nice. Well, Lee, we, we have Abel on the line here. What do you want to ask him? Yeah. So where I'm at in my journey is like, like you guys kind of both mentioned, I mean, you can do the single family house stuff yourself. You can do uh, small multifamily. So I've, I mean, I, I have some, some money partners in the deal, but the three buildings I bought so far, I've basically done by myself, finding the deal, underwriting the deal, going through everything. I, I had a mentor that really helped me get started. He was just kind of coaching me along the way. But so now I'm, I'm going to scale and I, I definitely realize I cannot buy a 100 unit apartment building by myself. So my question for Abel would be, how would you say, suggest that I kind of get started with, with building out my team? Who are some people that I need on, on the team with me? And how do I get ready to actually be able to take down a hundred unit apartment building? Got it. So, hey, I, and uh, I can definitely help you with the team side of it on the professional side and also the, the commercial real estate side. I think I prided myself on, on building great ones. But real yeah, quick, threefold, like threefold in your faith. That's awesome. So I, I, I don't think it was planned, Brian, but mm-hmm. my company is Five Talents which is Matthew 25 and 14, uh, the parable of the five talents where the uh, master and servant said, hey, here are your talents, physical denarii, money, whatever. And in some period of time, he came back and said, hey, what'd you do with that money? What'd you do with it? And he said, well, mm-hmm. yeah, I doubled it. The next guy said yep. the same thing. The last one that buried it in the ground, he said, well, I buried it in the ground and I didn't want to lose the money. So I put it here. Here's your one talent back. And yep. you know, he goes, hey, man, you, you lazy servant. You could have at least given it to the money lender. Yeah. So that parable of well done, my good and faithful servant, I'm glad we're, we're partnering up together on this. That's on this awesome. Call. Yeah, me too. Totally agree. Yeah, it, it's, it's, it's a good parable. Just it, it shows the value of work as well. You know, you have to work in, in life and you have to, you know, whatever you're blessed with to begin with, whether it's one talent, you know, three talents or five talents mm-hmm. or two talents, mm-hmm. whatever the numbers are, but you have to work to be able to improve your station. Anyway, Abel, back yeah. to you. Question. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, so on, the, on the team side, you definitely, you know, this is applies anybody in the professional or commercial real estate world. I would really start with taking account of who's around you today. You have an inner circle of influence, an outer circle of influence, and you and your story, your, you as a person, as an individual, you have people around you today that are technically your inner circle of influence people. And, you know, whether they're partnering with you or not, I think that's not really the point. The point is to ask the people that are closest to you when you're asking them, what, what are my biggest strengths, character Mm -hmm. traits? What do you see of me? I, I have a paradigm of who I am, but you know, if you could describe me, how would you describe me? Right. And so really seeing from their eyes, take account of who you are, get your inner circle of influence, and then start to put this in a team for the commercial real estate side. It's like, well, are you uh, an outer uh, extrovert, an introvert? Are you an Excel underwriter analysis? Are you an investor relations person? Are you a detail oriented person that can keep track of insurance, deductibles, paperwork, K-1s, you know, investor, you know, that, that, technical part of of the details that are needed on the paperwork ppms docs all that stuff or no are you kind of like boots on the ground i like i like you know you said you kind of did those 34 units i immediately pictured you as the guy that likes to get his hands uh, you know dirty into the projects mm-hmm. i don't know if that is are you or yeah, not definitely but, part of it yeah okay so you're, you're like okay well man that's your expertise you already have you know a lot of it so you kind of keep expanding on it and then you're, you're trying to figure out what are you missing, right? right. What are yep. the biggest components? And so you take a little bit of knowledge from people that know you. You start networking like crazy. 
you probably have people in your circle today in your investor pool. You, you know, if you said you have some money there, you know, there may be somebody that can immediately have, you know, they have capital, they have professional background, they are detail oriented, they are accountants, mm -hmm. they are, you know, that kind of thing. So start where you're at with what you have and then network for everything else outside of that. And, mm -hmm. you know, when I'm yeah. looking for partners, I'm looking for a few different things, right? Your professionalism, your, you know, time, attentiveness to, to detail, time, your delivery of, you know, you, when, you, when you make a promise, you're going to deliver. Mm -hmm. And those things that it takes to, you know, have a syndication, it's a, it's a seven or $10 million company. Mm -hmm. It's not a, a property we're buying. It's a business we're buying. So sure. if you're an executive of a $10 million business and you're the chief operations officer, the CEO, man, when you say you're going to do something, you better do something. And you're going to be on time. And I want to see your communication level. I want to see when you talk to investors in on paper, in writing, my email communication, uh, my offering memorandum, you know, the things that I'm doing, like I want the same or better than I deliver. Yeah. And when I, uh, in my professional career, I always made it a point or I tried to anyways, if, if you're one of uh, my sales guys that does happen to watch this podcast, you know, this. I had a 60 person team at uh, kind of my biggest you know, stretch was we took a $5 million a year business. We grew it to 12 million and then 25 million and then 40 million. And I left at $57 million a year of new acquisitions. Right. And so I, I took this 60 person or I grew a, you know, seven person team, you know, and then we kept hiring, kept growing crazy. A lot of my managers, when I left as a director were my sales guys that I hired that were the top performing guys on my team and mm -hmm. I helped promote them up. And so the reason I say all that is because I wanted people around me that are way better than I am. Mm -hmm. I always look for people that are smarter are brighter or hunger, whatever the case, you know, whatever, whatever the case is better than me, because man, if I can be a, a great person that brings others that are better than me, we're going to, we're going to crush it, you know? And the, yeah. that's kind of, that's kind of the mindset, right? I never wanted to be the smartest guy in the room. And I, I've been dinged in an interview for, for saying that, which is kind of funny. I was interviewing for a VP of sales role and, <laughs> or like a director. And they're like, I need the smartest guy in the I room. I need you like, to be the smartest guy. So I'm like, yeah. man, I'm sorry. I'm not that guy. So, uh, but anyways, that's how I, I look at teams. You know, I, I remember an old story, you know, attributed to, to Henry Ford, you know, and he, he claimed that he could answer any question within a very short amount of time. And, you know, some other, you know, really smart professionals decided to take him up on it. And uh, I don't know if you guys heard the story before, but, yeah, you know, comes in, comes into the office and the, you know, he gets asked a couple of technical questions and he gets on his, you know, speakerphone to his assistant and he's like, Hey, can you go get, you know, and gives a name out, you know, and you know, a couple of minutes later, you know, the assistant shows back up to the room with another person and that person answers the question. And I mean, it, it's, it's just a great story. The, the <laughs> guy who took him up on the challenge accused him of cheating. He's like, I said, I could answer your question. Yeah, yeah. And I did. Yeah. I, I didn't say, you know, I never said anything that I had to know the, I, I'd know all the answers. I just said, mm -hmm. I can answer anybody's questions. And he did it by surrounding himself with good, smart people. So, right, yeah. Right. So, yeah, Lee. So, moral of the story, know what you lack and find somebody who can fill the yeah. gap. 
Yeah, that's great advice. And that is, that is something I've been working on. Um, I heard a really good uh, talk where a guy was kind of talking about that. So I did take inventory and I did actually ask a couple of people and that was very helpful. I, I think that's great advice for anybody that you gave there, Abel, to find out, yeah, what, what am I really good at? And people that have worked with you in the past, I think can help you with that. Hey, yeah. here's something I know you're really good, but you're not so good at this. And I, I feel like yeah. wives are good at telling you where you're, where you're weak. Yes. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. No yeah. Another, another question I have Abel, is um, as you get into these properties, kind of, kind of more on the investor side. So what, what's worked really well for you on bringing in investors, attracting investors to invest with you specifically? How are you finding them? Cause I feel like a big part of it if I could reach people and teach people about it, I think there's a lot of people out there that don't even know this is an option that would go, yeah, that sounds really good. Yeah. I'd like to put my money in that. So how do you, how do you reach those people? And then, you know, how do you sell them on the idea? I feel like the hardest part is actually reaching them. Cause I think selling, I feel like selling people in multifamily is easy because maybe, you know, I believe in it so much, but how are you reaching yep. those people? I, uh, I got the advice from, from one of my mentors and I'm a sales guy. I've been a sales guy forever. And he goes, I know who you are at the inventory. He goes, what I need you to do is turn off your sales hat. <laughs> he goes, I don't ever want you to sell somebody. What I want you to do is show people there's an opportunity. And if they're interested, they're going to tell you. And so that was, you know, th- at least for me, right? Because, you know, for anybody, a sales guy, that's where my head was at, sell somebody. But he's like, no, 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 don't. And I, that's been really key for me. So that's my uh, as I explain all this stuff, I'm going to kind of give you some ideas, but that's my frame of reference. It's never selling somebody more of just, man, are you interested in this opportunity? Cause if you are, let me know. And I can give you some education for it. I can mm-hmm. walk you through my path. Um, I, th- there's power in who you are and what you do and the people, you know, today, and that's where you absolutely 100% need to start. Sure. You're a man of faith. You're a family man. You're, you know, a professional in, in the health, you know, physician, physician area, sure, kind of yeah. that kind of thing. You need to capitalize on all of those things, which I know you're doing with the platform, right? Um, there's, here's what I did tactically to, to raise several million dollars now in the first couple of years. And the way I did this was first thing I did was I grabbed, literally grabbed an Excel and I listed everyone that I knew. I did not, I did not list uh, people that I thought would invest. I listed everyone that I know. And I know this exercise because I did it when I worked at Cutco, I sold (laughs) knives and I did in-home presentations. And this is what they asked me to do when I was like 21 and so I was like, oh, I know what to do. Create a list. Everybody, you know, download your phone, take all your contacts and your apps, start there. Um, and you do, the reason you don't limit yourself to who you think would be interested in investing is because you're going to list people like Uncle Joe, Su- you know, Aunt Susie. And Aunt Susie is not an investor and you know this. But by putting her on the list, you may, through the years, realize, oh, you know what? And Susie brought, you know, introduced me to a friend at some party one time. And that guy is a potential yeah. real estate investor. Yeah, great point. And that's why you got to list everybody, you know, first, yeah. then go back. And I, I literally went back and qualified and I'm like, who do I think would be interested in? Right. And here's a nugget for like today, right? The people that I thought were interested was funny because some of them like, no, I'm not interested in real estate investing whatsoever. I'm like, okay. And then some people on the flip side that I did not think would be interested, 
were, are some of my most frequent investors on my deals, wow. right? So it goes either way, could work for you. The nugget that I was going to tell you, though, is, you know, the single family real estate market today is doing pretty well. It's, we're recording mm-hmm. this September 2020, at least mm-hmm. in my neck of the woods. The mortgage brokers and the realtors are cranking away. They're mm-hmm. selling single yeah. family houses and it's getting done. Interest rates are lower. People are buying like crazy. Yeah. Every one of them is a real estate professional by definition on the IRS. Mm-hmm. And they can be taken advantage of some of the losses from the cost segregation study and accelerated depreciation that a normal W-2 employee without the designation of real estate professional can't take the, all of those losses. Mm. So, I mean, those people, when you go through your network, you're like, I need to figure out, hey, who's in real estate today? Not mm-hmm. in multifamily, but in single family, because if they're a professional, they could, they could do that. And then also, you know, guys like me and you, well, we're working W-2 up until this year, I was working W-2. And then uh, wife's at home, right? Well, if she has some time, she should be the real estate professional. Mm-hmm. You know, get, get, mm-hmm. put some books in her hand, get her material participation, have her do the flip instead of yep. you doing a single family flip. And now she's the real estate professional that can take a good amount of those losses. So that people like us, family, faith, married couple, you know, and, you, and you're literally qualifying people down the list. So yep. th- there's a lot of power in starting with you where you are. Yeah especially if you're a man of integrity, of character. People know that. They've known you for years. My first deal, I didn't invest in underwriting or exit cap rate or entry cap rate or any of that stuff. You know, I I really just didn't. And so what I did was I invested with somebody that I knew, liked, and trusted. And then he said, hey, this is a good deal. So you got to remember that, or at least that's how I remember it is. As a passive investor, I put in, all of my 401k money to that point. So all my life savings and my retirement funds, I invested it based off trust. Uh, Now it's different because I have more education (laughs) and I can look at the deal and numbers and all that stuff, right? But in the beginning, that's what it was. So you have people in your network today that don't know that there's amazing opportunities, don't know about syndication, you're 100% right. Um, Your platform, the podcast, keep going, don't stop keep it going out there. I was almost hesitant to start my own because I go, everyone's got a multifamily podcast. Right. Well, shoot, everyone in our network of other multifamily commercial <laughs> real estate investors, they're starting one. But my network for 13 years was an IT, IT hosting. And yep. they're probably not connected to a lot of syndicators and operators. And yeah. CRU Yours may be the like first, first podcast on multifamily they ever hear. So a hundred percent. So that platform, keep it going, keep it out there, do your social thing. And then I would really look for systems if you're raising capital. So we've talked about it, you know, you first internally, we've talked about your platform, your platform now should have some kind of a lead capture, some kind of opportunity to create a listener to turn into a name and an email so that you can kind of keep this constant right. contact with them. So right. if you don't, you know, t- the 20 questions uh, a passive investor should ask every general partner, you know, download here, um, the, yep. you know, the 10 things you should look for when you're doing due diligence, make something up, put it together. You've got a lot of expertise today on those 34 units. And then that's your lead capture, uh, record the intro, you know, and the outro and blast that out every single time on yeah. all of your things. You have to have a call to action, put that on your podcast. You're going to grab those and then stay in contact with those people, develop the relationship 
so that you can do your reg D five or six B, uh, you know, investments, keep in contact, yep. log them, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And, uh, your deals today, you've got some experience. I would absolutely use your deals. When I was a passive investor, I used my passive investment as the tool to explain the syndication. And I said, here's how it works. Here's how we do it. And I explained how I invested my money passively. You can explain how you went and bought the deal and analyzed it. And you create your, uh, your offering, your investment summary, your offer, offering memorandum, brand mm-hmm. it, logo, same colors, and your next deal, you know, the past one, two, three deals, and your next one looks exactly the same. Branding, same colors, yeah. same performa, same structure, and they're yeah. used to it. They're comfortable to it, uh, comfortable with it. And, you know, the people you show to today may not invest for a year. I've had people that didn't invest for like my first one, two, three, four days. And now the fifth one, they're like, hey, um, uh, I've seen you. I think you're going to stick with this. How do I invest my money, right? <laughs> yeah, so, we've had a couple like that too. You know, it's it's not the first one, not the second one, but maybe three, four <laughs> or five uh, or three, four and five if, you, if you're lucky. So so there you go. There's a, I don't want to ramble on too much, but that's yeah. kind of, you know, the, the yeah, way I do great it. Great advice. Great advice. All right. We're, we're running on time right now. Uh, one final question for both of you. How can listeners get in touch with you? Abel, you go first. You can reach out to me on my website. It's probably the easiest way. 5tcre.com. 5tcre.com. And uh, I did mention the, the book. We, we did have, uh, do have a 65-page guide or resource. It's the passive investing guide that I used to invest you know, into $93 million of real estate. So mm-hmm. if you guys are interested, go to that. You'll find it on my, on my website, 5tcre.com. And I look forward to, uh, to talking to you guys. All right. So check out his passive investing guide, 5T, 5 Talents, Commercial Real Estate, 5tcre.com. Lee, same question for you. How can people get a hold of you? Yeah, absolutely. Jump on the website, um, threefold, spell that out, uh, threefold, R-E-I, dot com um and then the, uh, the email is, is very similar info at threefold rei.com so jump on the website we do have you know where you can fill something out on there still working on the the uh, lead magnet I, i'm going to take uh, your advice there able and uh, finish that up so by the time this airs i will have a lead magnet. i guess i can't tell you exactly what's going to be because i have a couple different ideas uh, what okay. i want to do there um but i'll have a lead magnet there so jump on get that whatever that ends up being it's going to be awesome uh, yeah. I'm <laughs> yeah, so yeah, Lee is going to have this awesome free Amazing. bonus gift for anybody yeah. who goes to his website. All right. It is so awesome that I can't even tell you what it is right now. So. <laughs> All right. Yeah. It's top secret. Awesome. Is yes, what it is, exactly. right? Yeah. We know what it is, but we, yeah, you just have to wait. All right. Hey, thanks. Thanks for coming on the show, guys. I appreciate your time, you know, and I appreciate uh, the other times we've been on phone with each other in the last couple of weeks and look forward to continuing the relationship. Yeah, I appreciate you. I've been really blessed by this time. Thank you, Abel. Thanks, Brian. Hey, man. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. And uh, definitely not the the quote unquote expert that Brian mentioned, but I have learned a lot and I'm happy to share everything I've learned. Yeah, I appreciate it. All right. Hey, thanks. Thanks again, guys. And that's a wrap for this episode. Thank you for listening to the Diary of an Apartment Investor podcast today, brought to you by Four Oaks Capital. If you'd like to know more about how to invest in apartment buildings or want to be a guest in our show, visit our website at fouroakscapital.com slash podcast or email us directly. If you're still listening, you obviously like the show, so pull out your phone, 
tap subscribe, and leave us a five-star rating on your favorite podcast app. And we'll see you again next week.